Welcome to the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. My name is Kevin Ray. I am your host, and I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. We want to thank you guys for coming in and joining us here for our show that we have lined up for you today. We want to thank um, everybody for coming in, and boy, oh boy, I tell you what, last week it sure was cold, cold. out there, wasn't it? Brutal cold. So I hope that you guys are staying warm. It would be a great time to go on to thehousinghour.com and go to our um, home energy series that we did for you. And uh, definitely, there's going to be another cold snap. This isn't gone forever. So just keep that in mind. Um, And I hope you guys had an opportunity to listen to our New Year's resolution show that we did on uh, January 4th. It's up on our website. We had Ann Brock with uh, Flower Sack Mama come in, and we did some green New Year's tips. So we hope that you guys enjoyed that show. And today, what we're talking about, because I tell you, we we are extremely busy right now. I know that there's a lot of people that are complaining that they're slow, but I tell you, I monitor it every single day, and we have a lot of applications coming in for people who are going out and buying a new home or refinancing. Um, and, you know, we wanted to add a little bit of uh, color to um, what is, for some, a very difficult uh, process when it comes to moving. So what we decided to do was, and, and I don't know, Mark, how did you find Diane? Well, Diane found us. Diane so, found us. Yeah, she That's did on, awesome. on Twitter. So if you're out there, because one of our handles is at the housing hour. And so if you go out there in Twitter land, people find you and you can find them. And it's a great way to hook up. Right. And so Diane Laney Fitzpatrick is here with us. She is our guest. And she wrote a book called Home Sweet Home. And, and uh, Diane, thank you so much for joining us, first of all. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is great. Absolutely. Um, I love your, your book. The cover is so nice. It, it's a great, you know, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but if you did, yours would be on the top of the selling list, I promise you. Um, but, you know, what, first of all, you know, all of us in this, you know, business think about moving and we think about some of the pitfalls to moving. You know, why would you spend time to write actually a book about it? That's first question is, tell me what brought to you to this point of where you thought, let me write a book about how to move or what to what I experienced in my nine moves? Well, um, actually, I have moved more than nine times. I've actually oh. moved um, more like 17 or 18 times. But the nine moves that I made with um, uh, as, as when I was married and had kids and those really big moves um, mm. were what really what the book is about. Okay. Um, but I wrote the book, and it was just kind of a crazy thing. I was, um, I was new to blogging, and I sat down one day, and um, we had just moved from New Jersey to Kentucky. Oh, and, yes. Um, it's the first day of my kids' spring break, and I got a cup of coffee, and I sat down and sat down at the computer and decided to re- start writing down some things about some of our moving experiences. And um, some of them were funny, and some of them brought back some horror stories. <laughs> um, I bet. But I thought, you know... I mean, it, Kentucky. Indeed, Kentucky, how horrible is that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I lived in Lexington, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and um, and just decided to, um, to start writing down some of the stories and some of the things that had happened to us. And it turned out to be 
um, kind of therapeutic for me because um, moving is hard, moving is stressful, and um, but it also um, had some humor in it, and I could see a lot of humor in it, and I thought, you know, if somebody could find humor in their move while they're going through it, it might help them take some of the stress off. So just kept writing and writing and writing, and it turned into a book. Well, I think it's a great idea, and I definitely recommend people reading it. It's just a wonderful, wonderfully written book. And let's start, I guess you brought up Kentucky, because that's chapter one, I think, is how do I spin this when we're surrounded by rednecks? <laughs> and, you know, for those folks out there who are listening, we have a lot of people from Tennessee. And, you know, we you, have mean, rednecks in Tennessee, too. <laughs> you mean it in the most humorous. I, mean, I meant redneck in the nicest. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, keeping a positive attitude, you know, you, you talk in, in the chapter about you know, just the way that you write is so is so funny. Um, but, you know, when somebody does have a move that they just absolutely know they don't want to make and there's no possible way there's anything positive that's going to happen out of it. And that's just what you think. How do you spin it? Well, when you have kids, you have to learn how to do that. Because you don't want your kids to know how stressed out you are about a move. Right. Um, I think the, the main thing is to think of something good. I mean, there's got to be something. And in the book, I talk about, um, I've actually just made stuff up. I told the kids, you know, I put them in the car and we drive around our new, our new house. And um, I'll just say, hey, this is the place where the last unicorn lived or something, you know. And, uh, you know, if they're little enough, they might believe you. Yeah. Um, but there is there is good everywhere, and we've lived all over. We've mm-hmm. lived all over the U- the U.S., and um, I can honestly say that um, your expectations um, are always exceeded. I've always been able to find something good, um, mm. not necessarily a unicorn, but yeah. something good about everywhere we've lived. Well, um, a lot of stereotypes out there, but when you actually live in a place, you see a lot of good there. So do you recommend bribing your children? Oh, yeah, we bribed them like crazy. Bought them all kinds of new stuff. And, you right. know, their first day of school in their new school as the new kid, um, they were they were wearing uh, $100 tennis shoes. And, you know, I mean. <laughs> well, that's a great thing, though, because there's a lot of times that you ask children to do things that other kids don't have to do. And, and, you know, my, my brother-in-law is actually in the army and the, the child, um, Harrison, he's, he's had to move like five times. So there are certain, I mean, you know, you, you get used to a set of friends. I mean, in, in maybe some cases they haven't got have friends yet, but I mean, what are some other things as a mother that you had to do when it came to, teaching your children how to, I mean, have to, how to make new friends, how to, I mean, cause you yourself have to also do that as well. Right. I think that, um, what I found, uh, that worked for me was I always put the kids first. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, I always, even, even, you know, we would be surrounded by boxes that hadn't been, un- been unpacked yet. Mm-hmm. And I made <laughs> sure that I got the kids signed up for scouts or, um, you know, extracurricular things, um, yeah. so that they could, make friends. That's where I think um, uh, getting them involved in things outside of school is where that's where they make their first best friend. Well, and also and, that's um, the best thing for you as well, because what, what better way to make friends for yourself? Right. Oh yeah. That's, that's, and I was a stay at home mom, so I didn't have, um, I didn't have work friends. Um, my friends were my kids, friends, parents. So yeah, but I always, I, I always, 
the, the moving into the house, the physical moves always took second uh, chair to getting the kids involved and getting used to our surroundings. Now, did you do like your mother did and say, I promise you it's going to be just exactly the same when then and actually you couldn't find anything <laughs> like the good scissors and that, that was the <laughs> hilarious part. You know, your, your mom told you, I promise you we'll, you'll be able to find everything. Talk about that. How, how did your mom prepare you kids for the move when you just were going across town? Oh, well, I mean, it was, um, yeah, I think my mother had a harder time with it. And as kids, we um, we were kind of protective of her. Yeah. We were more worried about her, I think, um, than um, than us. And we, we didn't have to change schools or anything. So it was that I I don't know. I with the with the big moves that we've made, I don't think that those moves are nearly as stressful. It's just about things. It doesn't involve a change in people. So um, I, I I was fine with that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think of the times that I've moved, and I've only moved a handful of times, but the part that I hate the most, and this is probably for most people, is actually boxing up your stuff and organizing yeah. it in a way that is going to make sense to the person on the mm-hmm. other end of that, which is going to be you, more than likely. Right. <laughs> and um, right. you had posted a video on your Facebook page of a Japanese company. Uh, why are there not more companies like that? Can you walk me through that that video and tell me what why you posted it and all of that? Um, yeah, um, it was a highly efficient way of moving. Yeah, and custom made boxes, if I recall. Yes. Um, and and uh, uh, packing materials that were specifically made for specific things. And you know, yeah, we're still in the dark ages. We're still wrapping things up in white paper. Yes. And um, and then in the end, you have all these boxes that you paid a fortune for and packing materials. And um, yeah, it's uh, we we still. I don't think I don't think the moving industry has changed all that much in a hundred years. No, and all they do is move stuff. They don't actually go in and organize it for you. I thought right. it was amazing that they put the stuff back exactly the way you had it. That has to cost a fortune, but what a great service. Well, something has yeah. changed in right. technology. The popcorns that you pack all the stuff in, mm-hmm. they're no longer mm-hmm. a styrofoam. They're, they're something that you know will biodegrade out in the uh, wilderness because oh, yeah. I usually end up with those things all over the house. Yeah. And yeah, those things cause yeah. cause old folks many heart attacks because they pop them. My son does that, and it literally makes my heart skip. Yeah, we we love bubble wrap in this house. Now, when you when you think of the places that you've moved, and and when you when you talk to people about this, because it seems like your book has been very popular. I love on your Facebook page, and I would recommend people going and finding it. We're going to link that Facebook page mm-hmm. to our site as well, so you can go to thehousinghour.com if you want to find it. And she's also on Twitter as well, um, and we'll have that also. But when you think about all the places that you've moved to. Um, tell me which one that you think um, you like the best. I know that's difficult to actually say, hey, this is absolutely, because there's good and bad of each location, but which do you think for your family, which did you like the best? Oh, that's really tough because um, my answer is always to that question is always wherever I am now. Mm-hmm. And my favorite <laughs> yeah. house was always the house that I was in right then. Yeah. Um, I think... Um, I think uh, Florida was a very tough move for us. Um, our kids were in high school. My son was a senior in high school when we moved, mm-hmm. which is, you know, parents are grimacing as, I, as they hear that, I'm sure. 
Um, it's not something that you want to uh, tell too many people that you moved your son for his senior year of high school. Um, but um, but it was a it was a good move for us um, in that um, uh, we enjoyed um, we enjoyed the neighborhood, we enjoyed the the region. Uh, we took full advantage of being near the beach. Um, my daughter actually is still there, so oh. we actually moved away from her when we oh. moved to San Francisco. And um, and our kids have great um, great memories from Florida. But I can't really say um, it's it's tough. We've lived outside a lot of big cities too. Mm-hmm. We lived outside of New York, uh, Philadelphia. Mm. Um, what, tell uh, me, what prompted all the moves? Was it were you part of military or um, no, what prompted? What prompted no, the although we have moved more than our friends who are in the military. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, these were all corporate relocations. My husband changed jobs, and um, and we moved for jobs. Yeah, I love the um, point. One of the advantages of that was that we had a lot of help. And when we were talking about the actual moving process and packing and all that, um, one of the advantages I had was that these were corporate relocations, so I had a lot of help. Um, I right. had people that came in and packed for me and unpacked for me. And that's one of the pieces of advice I give people all the time. I tell them, don't ever say no to anything that's offered. If, if part of your package involves something, um, say yes and, 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 and accept help, um, even if you have to pay for it. Um, but I was lucky in that I didn't have to do a lot of that stuff myself. Well, yeah, but even then, though, you talk about going to the doctor. People don't like going to the doctor because they just don't like Mm -hmm. to be examined. I mean, talk about being uncomfortable. you That is the biggest examination that you'll ever have Mm -hmm. when somebody comes in and packs for you. Because my wife would do a pre-pack pack, pack, you know? (laughs) She would go through everything. It's it's the same concept where when we very rarely have somebody clean our home, my wife cleans Mm -hmm. the home before they come and clean the home. That makes no sense to me. Well, we oh, only yeah, have your a stuff is out there. Your your stuff. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. You have people come in. Your moving crew knows more about you than your own spouse, probably. Yeah, that's they're, true. They're packing everything <laughs> in your bathroom. You know, they're. <laughs> It's embarrassing. And maybe but, even yeah, knows know more about, about you. Yeah. They probably even know more about yourself than you do in some cases, yeah. unfortunately. Right, right. Well, we're going to yeah. come back in just a second, and we're going to talk about moving when you're pregnant because um, I have a personal experience with that, and I'd love to hear more of Diane's comments revolving around that because that's a very difficult time in somebody's life to move. So we are joined here with a great author, Diane Fitzpatrick. We'll be right back after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Kevin Ray here. I am your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host extraordinaire. We're here with author Diane Fitzpatrick. Um, Her website we can go to our website, thehousinghour.com, and we have a link there. It is homesweethomesbook.com. Is that correct, Diane? Yes, that's right. Okay. And then there's a big orange button <laughs> that's right there if you want to buy her book on Amazon. And we can put it on your Kindle. If you have the Kindle app on your iPad, you can view it there. 
Or I'm sure also they, if you're a prime customer, I'm sure you can get a real sweet deal uh, on getting it delivered to you. So go to the site. It's, it's for the paperback copy. It's eight 99 for the Kindle. It's six 99. So it's a real great, easy read. It's a real recommended, especially if you're thinking about moving, it helps you to really survive going through what some people call the most difficult <laughs> moments in their lives. Um, and you have a chapter that talks about moving while you're pregnant. And my wife was nine, well, actually eight months pregnant when we moved this last time. And Ouch. every everything, everybody was already on kind of heightened alert as it was. But, <laughs> you know, it's just so difficult to, to put a finger on, you know, some of the things that, you know, exactly why, why we did it, when, you know, what was the timing? Why did, I don't even remember. I just know that we did it, but, you know, tell me your experience. Cause you moved when I guess you were pregnant. Yes. Twice. Oh. Twice. Uh, twice. Um, I moved, not the same pregnancy, fortunately. Um, <laughs> That's but good. I moved from, um, I was pregnant with my second son when we moved from Cleveland, Ohio to Washington, D.C., Mm. And then I was pregnant with my daughter when we moved from Washington uh, back to Ohio. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was, uh, it, it just adds an, an extra little oomph to an already stressful situation. I mean, you, you take an, all that stress and you add prenatal hormones and there's going to be trouble. Yeah. <laughs> the chapter that you wrote uh, is so funny because your husband um, said, is this even ours? <laughs> Yeah. It was something yeah. that was in one of the boxes because when you pack <laughs> stuff up, you know, you, you say, wow, I'd forgotten about this. So it's almost like a revelation to you as well. Yeah. So we were, we were unpacking and the movers were still moving things from the truck and he and I were sitting in the bathroom and, um, and you know, emptying boxes into the bathroom cabinets. And, um, and I thought my water broke oh. and, uh, and I, and I didn't know, where the doctor's office was, didn't know. I mean, we had just moved in, so um, it was something else. <laughs> he, uh, he, I drove myself to the doctor, and I thought that I was just going to have the baby, and um, and he sent the movers home oh, early man. because he thought I was going to have the baby, yeah. and it ended up that um, my water didn't break. So that was a that was a little an added uh, uh, stressful time. So did I, uh, is your, is your husband a, a prankster at all? I mean, does he normally have <laughs> pranks that he, he pulls? I think that that day, I think that the, what happened that day was, yeah, he found a rubber snake, yeah. you know, of course <laughs> in the box of bathroom stuff, you know, right. the way it worked. Um, and he was going to put it in the bathtub to uh, scare the movers, you know, thinking that, that, they, that it was a real snake. So we were getting kind of a kick out of that, trying to keep our sense of humor. <laughs> right, exactly. And what, then, yeah, you had to throw it across the room. One of the things yeah. I was reading, Diane, is, is tip number three, and I guess maybe it's in the first chapter. I can't remember, but uh, it says don't invite drama queens to the farewell party. I just was oh, wondering yeah. what was your experience there. Yeah, it's tough with kids because they, you know, it's um, people in the neighborhood will try to make it seem like, oh, this is a terrible thing. You're moving. Oh, my God, how can you stand it? And um, you don't want those around your kids. You want to keep it positive. So we've um, we've tried to, we've actually considered, you know, sneaking out in the middle of the night. <laughs> cause the, the goodbye parties can be really, really uh, full of drama. So I try to avoid that. 
<laughs> well, the drama, yeah, because the good thing about, though, having a, um, a party is that at least you know that either, A, people are glad that you're leaving, or, <laughs> B, you actually have friends to help send you away. So, right. you know, either way, you get free food out of the deal. That's a good thing right. as well. Right, so, and, some good, and some goodbye gifts, sure. Oh, yes, goodbye gifts. But what the greatest thing is if you had a welcoming party. Have you ever had one of those? I don't know that I saw that anywhere. <laughs> um, I don't think so. A lot of times, though, there's that unofficial welcoming party where when you pull in to the drive at the first visit to your house when you're first moving in, and the neighbors see you, and, you know, usually you haven't had a shower in a couple days, and right. you know, you're wearing whatever <laughs> clothes uh, you could find, and uh, that's the first impression that you make on your neighbors, so that's that's always interesting. Oh, yes. Um, when you when you guys did move to, to, I guess, was it Georgetown that you moved to, or was it, I guess, D.C., I guess, area? That's basically the same place, right? It's just a neighborhood. Um, yeah, we we actually. My husband was living in Georgetown temporarily mm-hmm. before we moved, but we lived in Springfield, Virginia, right outside D.C. But um, yeah, Georgetown is mentioned in there because that's where my husband was living in temporary, in a temporary apartment for a while. So you got to experience a lot of house hunting during your time. Yes. Um, oh, what's yes. your experience with house hunting? Uh, house hunting. Um, I don't know why it's so stressful. I don't know why it's physically exhausting to walk from house to house. <laughs> I, I have no explanation for that, but I don't know how realtors do it. I know that, you know, if it's part of your job, maybe that's, you know, maybe it's something with that gold blazer that does something to you, gives you <laughs> added energy or something. But but as a as a buyer, um, it's, it's physically exhausting to go from house to house. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, you're, you're at the same time you're selling a house, yeah. so you've staged and set your house up but yet, when you're looking at houses, you fall for the same tricks that you're setting back at your place. So, mm-hmm. you, know, you walk into a house, and it looks very clean and very bright, and the furniture is beautiful, and you are conned into thinking, I've got to have this house, even though you know that that stuff in the house is not going to be there when you get it. Um, so, it's just a, it's, it's a little bit of a, a kind of a mind game, and I fall for it every time. Every time I walk in, I fall in love with the house because it has beautiful paintings on the wall. And um, when I know I'm not going to get that painting, so it's funny. <laughs> it's a funny process that we that we how we do it. And what, tell us about especially because when you're moving and you're going to look at homes wherever you're going to, so you have a real estate agent you have to work with there, but then you have mm-hmm. to deal with this real estate agent selling the house. So tell mm-hmm. folks tips about dealing with real estate agents. Because this is this well, is always historically an issue. Yes. Right. Yeah. They're all different, and you have to um, you have to get used to their differences. So it's not like you you know after your fourth or fifth move you have them all figured out. They're all very different. Um, we've had we've had them all over the board, um, and uh, we've had a lot of different buyers agents, a lot of different um, uh, listing agents. I think my favorite realtor, and I can probably say this, her, it was in New Jersey. We were selling a house in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, and her name was Helen Klein, and she was about three inches shorter than me, which is really short. <laughs> um, and um, she told me uh, the first meeting, she looked me straight in the eye and said, I am going to find you the house of your dreams. You don't have to worry about anything. And I was like, oh, great. This is fantastic. And I didn't. 
Um, but as the process went on, it was, you know, we were looking at all these houses and we would fall in love with the house and not be able to afford it. And we looked at a lot of really bad houses. Um, and every once in a while she'd turn to me and she'd say, don't worry, Diane, I am going to find you the house of your dreams. You don't have to worry about it. And you know what? She did. She really did. She did. She did. She found us a great house. She assured me all along the way. And, you know, that, um, she was very good at the, on the other end too. I mean, she was a math wizard. And so, you know, during, um, during the, you know, all the signing and all that, she was great. But her biggest, her best quality, I think, was the fact that she just calmed me down and, um, you know, took care of me and, and all of my worries. So, and where do you fit in tip number four in this chapter about being pregnant? It talks about lowering your expectations. I think that your tip mm-hmm. is lower your expectations to somewhere between rock bottom and low on the totem pole. <laughs> 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 I mean, because you'll have nowhere to go but up. But where does where does yeah. the, that fall into line when it I mean, you're talking about everything. I mean, I, I feel like that's such a, a good trait for us all to have. I mean, I know that you should have high expectations of certain things, mm-hmm. but, you know, talk about setting expectations because you have to put expectations. You have so many expectations when you're moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, I think when you're pregnant, um, there's just so many added things in there. Um, there, uh, I, I know women who were pregnant and because of the timing, were not able to, um, pick out their own house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they weren't, they weren't able to travel and their husband had to pick out a house, which I can't even imagine, oh, especially man. In the before Skyping and, <laughs> you know, taking pictures with your cell phone and, and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. uh, I, I can't even imagine doing that. I think I would probably rather give birth in a car on halfway between <laughs> point A and point B than to allow my husband to pick out a house for me. Um, and also finding a doctor. You know, you're, yeah. you're trying to find someone who's going to deliver your baby. And well, you don't have girlfriends yet to recommend. What, what did you call it in the book? It was like uh, when you try to find paging Dr. Cuddles or what was Oh, it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, you, you start to just look at lists and say, well, this guy's name sounds nice. He sounds like he might be nice because he has a nice name. Yeah. So let's just pick him. Oh, I um, love it. Yeah, there, I mean, there's just all these added things that you have to add in when you're pregnant. Um, so, well, I had the expectations, I had the expectations when we were having our child, uh, Patrick, that we were going to have, um, you know, this, this doctor that was going to be very, um, sensitive because that's what you look for. And when you're moving, you don't want someone that's going to be military or militant and really wants you right. to, you want somebody that's going to, you know, be very sensitive. And so when we had our child, um, we ended up with, um, literally, uh, a very nice young lady who had literally just graduated and, and, her done her residency, I suppose. Um, but it was just luck of the draw. My expectations were pretty low because of that, but we ended up definitely having a good experience and we were moving also. And that's why this hits me, hits home so much because of the fact that, um, you know, my, my wife was pregnant and and it's not a recommended thing to to move when you're pregnant. If you can avoid it, would you say to try to, if you can? (laughs) Oh yeah, I would say definitely try to avoid it. Yeah. 
And there's always there's always something when you move into a house. I, I've never found one that's pristine, perfect, ready to move in. So you always have something else to do. When my wife was pregnant, we bought a house, and then I had to gut it and like remodel it, which was yeah. added stress on top. Have you ever had to to do something like that where you had to put in new carpeting, new flooring, or whatever? Oh yeah, most of the time we did that. And you know oh. what's funny is um, with buying a house, you when you're house hunting and you find the one. You know, mm-hmm. you find the house that you love. You absolutely love it. You've got to have it. You pay more than you can afford. You are just, you've got to have that house because you love it so much. And as soon as you get it, you come in and you change everything about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, uh, you, and all of a sudden now, wow, the whole thing, you've painted and right. I don't like this, I don't like that. This is the same house that you had to have. Right. <laughs> so it's funny. I have, I've never moved into a house and not done anything to it. Um, so it's just a, a and funny it's thing just that we like do. it's just like you heap burning coals on your head. You know, it's like yeah. this is already stressful <laughs> enough, and that you have to because we did it, and then we painted everything. And here's my wife yeah. pregnant, smelling all these fumes. It was just miserable. Oh man, yeah. yeah, that's a real test to a marriage too. You know, when you're um, when you're fixing up a house. Um, my husband and I have chosen paint and wallpaper for rooms literally hundreds of times in in rooms. Um, oh, I and, can imagine. Uh, that's a special kind of marital hell right there. I mean, <laughs> you know, redecorating with a spouse—that's uh, that's that's something. Well, what you have to um, do. This is just a suggestion for husbands that are out there, and we're going to have a break in a moment. And when we come back, we'll continue this conversation. But a suggestion for the husband—it's an art. You have to let your wife believe that you care about what color. That, but ultimately, you have to let her decide, and it has to be her choice. But you cannot just say, just pick whatever you want, because then she'll right. think you don't care. So well, you have to convince and you, her. And if you don't listen to her, you'll end up like Van Gogh with a missing ear. Oh, oh heavens. <laughs> At least it's not like Lorraine Bobbitt in any way. Sorry. But anyway, we're going to come right back in a moment with Diane Fitzgerald. Uh, we're having a great conversation about moving, and we'll be right back after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. And now, live from Knoxville, Tennessee, it's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host, and I'm not sure why I just did that, but... We are so thankful that you decided to come in and spend this morning with us and start your day off with us. Hopefully, you've had two or three uh, cups of coffee or Red Bull or whatever it is that you drink in the morning. Um, Diane's had at least her four cups she mentioned earlier. Um, But um, we do quickly, before we continue on with Diane, we do want to tell you guys about a company that uh, Mark and I love. It's uh, Admiral Title. Phyllis and Terry uh, started that company quite some time ago, eight years ago, or going on it. Um, and they do a tremendous job with the real estate closing. Um, you will not have any negative, funny stories about them if you do choose to go with them. Um, they just take you from A to Z. When it comes to closing a home loan and when it comes to closing on your mortgage, there has to be somebody that's there. If you have an unexpected question or a document that you didn't understand, they're there to help you walk through that process. And we're handing the baton off to them at the end, and they are 
definitely the best of the best. So give them an opportunity. If you are buying a home or refinancing, recommend to your mortgage person or real estate agent, or just go directly to them. Um, Admiral Title, 865-531-6060 is their phone number. Ask for anybody over there. You can ask for Phyllis, who is the owner. So, 865-531-6060. All right. Well, we're back in here to the housing hour and we have Diane with us again. And you can go to our website, thehousinghour.com, home sweet homes book.com is her website, but we're also going to link that. We she is an author, humorist, blogger, Diane Laney Fitzpatrick. She's an outstanding uh, interview that we have had the last two segments and we're going to finish off right now. So again, we just appreciate you coming in and sharing some moments with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I love these radio interviews because I'm able to, um, I'm wearing yo- my old yoga pants right now. So. <laughs> oh, very nice. Well, I'm sure you guys are too, right? You guys are wearing your yoga pants. I'm actually not wearing anything. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, you know, when, when Mark told me that we had uh, someone who is, you know, humorous, I was so excited because I think that everybody in their life needs to see the funnier side of things. It just makes things easier, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I think, um, you know, uh, moving is, is considered, you know, one of the most stressful things. Um, I think that there was a study. Um, these studies keep coming out. You know, what's yeah. the worst thing in the world that could happen to you? Things like death <laughs> and divorce and getting cancer. Um, and believe it or not, moving <laughs> has moved up from number three to number two in You're the list kidding. of things that are the worst things in the world. Oh, Second my. Second only to dying. That, people moving is considered that bad. It's, yeah. It is horrible. Nobody looks forward to it. But this oh. book is going to help people at least get in the right frame of mind, don't you think? Exactly. There's nothing that a good bunt cake can't fix. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling That's you. That's right. Bunt right cake now. And laughter. That's exactly. Right. Yeah. I, I think anytime that you can find the humor in it, a lot of people say, oh, we're going to laugh about this someday, you know, as they're crying. Right. Um, but if you can laugh about it now, if you can laugh about it at the time, um, puts everything into perspective, takes the edge off. Oh, man. And it makes, I mean, for you, being that you've lived in so many different places, I absolutely can guarantee that you're a more well-rounded person because of it. Oh, yeah. I think living in, um, uh, I used to say that, you know, other people find a place and say, hey, let's go on vacation there. Um, we find a place on the map, and my husband says, hey, let's move there. So, but I think any time that you ever experience how different people live, um, it does help to make you a more well-rounded person and very adaptable. Yeah. One of the things you said I thought was hilarious, because we both have dogs, mm. is that you mentioned that the dogs make friends pretty fast, but they can also make enemies pretty fast. So when- <laughs> So, yeah, your neighbors are either going to love you or hate you, depending on the dog that you bring. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, but so, but you know, outside of the dog uh, making friends or enemies quickly, what's the best way that when you come into a new community for folks to get involved? I mean, I mean, because right, a lot yeah. of times, you know, the the wife will hang back, and you come home, and there's tears. I, I don't know anybody. I've lost all my support mm-hmm. system. What do you do? Is that what you're? Were you just now mimicking your what wife? You, <laughs> then yeah, a little higher voice. Though. Okay. Um, I think it it helps with with kids. Um, I remember when we first moved to Washington, D.C., we had uh, my son to um, a library story hour. And I had I had been a working mom up until that point. So I didn't know how to do I didn't know how to do this. You know, I took I took him to a library story hour 
and a woman walked up to me, um, and our kids had been talking for a couple minutes, and, this, and, her, and his mom walked up to me and said, hi, here's my name, here's my phone number, let's get the kids together. And I was like, whoa, what are you doing here? Right. And she said, I'm military. I'm only here for three years. <laughs> i got to make friends fast. <laughs> and that's when, I, that's when I realized, wow, that's, uh, you, you do. You can't waste any time. You can't just sit back and, right. and let life happen around you. you got to get in there because you don't know how long you're going to be there. That's it. Well, she did. So, um, she knew she was going to be there three years. And get going. Yeah, that's you have to right. get going. Yeah. No, yeah. that's such a good yeah. point. That's such a good point. Yeah. And the nice thing about that type of relationship is it's not a long-term relationship. And you can, you know. <laughs> you so, right. it. so if you don't like but the person you just perfect, met. Yeah, you're going to be gone anyway. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I think I, I've learned a lot from military wives. And yeah. They're really good at this. They just, you know, they move. They move right in. They get involved. They, uh, they get right in there. Wow, that's and everybody could probably use that same mentality and that same philosophy mm -hmm. because I mean, life is passing us by, and every moment that we choose to procrastinate is another moment that we could be enjoying what it is that we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> and and right. and let me let me read this what you wrote in in your book. You said joining extracurricular clubs, gangs, and cults will make your children <laughs> happier. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, sometimes you know. Uh, Boy Scouts, you know, uh, whatever. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think that's the most important thing to um, uh, to remember with kids. Our kids always made their first best friend at some kind of a club or something. Are you? Um, a, so, you're in San Francisco, so are you a crip leader? Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bloods no, or Crips? This is our first move without kids, so this is oh, really interesting yeah. for us. Uh, we live in the city, right in the city, um, in a very busy area. You can probably hear traffic outside my window um, through the phone. Um, so, yeah, this has been a, a different experience. Um, it's, it's a lot different when you don't have kids. It's harder to connect with people when oh, you're not wow. working for your kids. That's such a good point. Yeah. I mean, in the ways that, that I know to get involved is if you have a homeowners association, you know, go. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that they will make you the president if you, if you, yeah, if you right. want to work. So, um, but, yeah. but, you know, there's, there's a great commercial that's out there right now. And, and it's, uh, it's a dish commercial for the uh, satellite dish, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the neighbors across the street are doing some funky dance in the, in the uh, yard mm -hmm. for, to ward off the rain or something. Oh, and, I, and, yeah. You know, so... And you put one of your tips, Diane, which is perfect, says don't let the natives' weird ways put you off. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, I mean, obviously you've got to adapt and simulate into uh, the street, even with weird neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, but, you know, people really are the same wherever you go. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's funny. Except I mean, Kentucky. Every, every area, <laughs> every, every neighborhood even, every town, every region in the U.S. has a different personality. But really when it comes right down to it, people are people. Yeah, that's such a good point. I mean, we we do we we make jokes and and it's funny and all that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it is about the relationship that you build and um or or break down, <laughs> whatever the case may be. <laughs> and it, it's important um to to definitely develop relationships. And and one of the other things about relationships is that you have 
to develop relationships with professionals to get done what you're doing. For instance, moving, mm-hmm. you're going to have to develop a relationship with a lender, with a real estate agent. You know, not mm-hmm. only that, but with your relo, if you're if you're coming with a relo company, with your account representative. I mean, there's just a host of different relationships. Talk about real estate agents. I mean, you, you mentioned in your book about TAD, and you mentioned how that relationship <laughs> kind of evolved, if you will, or maybe it didn't make an evolution. Maybe he didn't make an evolution, but talk about that relationship with the real estate agent. You could probably write a whole book about your relationships with professional real estate people. Yeah, we've had a, we've had um, them all over the board. Um, I don't know what Tad's doing now. I, we haven't kept in touch with him. I'm looking weirdly him enough, you know. Um, so we got Tad when um, we were moving from Washington D.C. to um, Northeastern Ohio, and I had two kids and was pregnant with the third. And um, we found him on the fly. We called a real estate office late at night, and he happened to be on the phones. Um, I think he was about 21 and um, young, very inexperienced. So we made arrangements to come up and, and go house hunting. Um, he was completely unprepared. He, <laughs> he took us to the wrong houses. <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, didn't do any preview work or anything. And, you know, and because he was so young and there I was a mom, you know, I was, I felt sorry for him. I was like <laughs> offering to help him with his homework and give him relationship <laughs> advice. You know, I was turning into the mom for Ted. Um, but he, he did okay. We ended up getting a house, but you know, he was, he was different. Well, the number one rule, I think at least tip if you're getting a real estate agent is to make sure that there's at least the opportunity for them to take you out for a drink afterwards. Yeah. So they have to be at least 21 <laughs> yeah, at the bare minimum. Um, Illegal. Right. Yeah. Um, but you talk we've a little had, bit. We, we, I was just going to say, we have had um, some great relationships with, with realtors. Um, we have some that um, we've kept in touch with for years later. Right. Um, our current, the, uh, the guy that we used, um, to buy this house that we live in in San Francisco. Um, he calls me every couple weeks just to make sure we're doing okay and um, gives us referrals for um, people to work on the house. So Make yeah, sure that a, you're not a, moving so that he might need to list the right, house. Right. <laughs> well, you really think he's calling to, to, to get the listing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, that's good. Oh, man. Um, you have some tips uh, in, in one of your chapters, actually, which I think is great for people because, you know, listing a house is sometimes a very, very difficult process. And it's almost really, it's part of the moving experience. And that's probably why it's on number two of the worst things that people experience in their lives right behind um, dying, I think you said. But, you know, yeah. w- one of your tips is, you know, make sure that you look nice for professionals, but don't go all o- OCD over it. Your house looks like nice, not you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the yoga pants mm-hmm. are fine. Yeah. Um, but one of the things <laughs> that people do is they go into a situation where they're listing their house and either they're on one extreme or the other, either they, the house is an absolute mess and they, that the sale will not happen because it's just, it needs to be rebuilt from the ground up basically, or they Mm -hmm. just spend hours upon hours fixing it up. You have to find that middle ground, don't you? Right. I think the problem with selling is that you get the house, all fixed up so that it looks great for the buyer. Mm-hmm. And then you look around and you ask yourself, why didn't I do this for me? You know, why didn't I make this house nice for me? 
Um, yeah. The things that we do to sell a house are so ridiculous, though. Um, yeah. You know, the, the idea that you have to have completely bare kitchen counters, um, that's one of the rules that they always tell you. Mm-hmm. Clear off everything off the kitchen counter, as if that you don't, you know, live in the house. Um, <laughs> right. It's just a ridiculous exercise that we go through um, when you know that the people that are going in there and going through your house know that when they move in, there's going to be a bunch of crap on the counter. Right. There's going to be a coffee pot and <laughs> dishes. Um, but, you know, when we'd get a, we would have a house on the market, I'd get that call from the real estate agent that we had a showing, and I'd be all, oh, sure, showing in 10 minutes, no problem, come on over. And I'd hang up the phone, and I'd sprint around the house with a lawn and leaf bag, <laughs> Throwing in dirty clothes, dirty dishes, a dog dish, everything on the kitchen counter, coffee pot, everything. Um, I'd throw it all in the car where I'd drive around with the kids and the dog and these bags of stuff while the house was being shown. Just so that the buyer could look at our kitchen and say, wow, it looks great. You know that it's not going to look like that when you move in. But it's just still, it's one of these things that we do um, that still do in real estate that's just, it's just funny. Well, there's all kinds of great tips and suggestions in Home Sweet Homes, homes, and I would recommend everybody to read it. Um, unfortunately, we've come to an end. I can't believe it's already there, but um, we only have a few seconds left here, Diane. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule and coming in um, and talking with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was, this was great. Thanks Absolutely. So you can find her book on our website, um, thehousinghour.com, or you can go to Homes Sweet homes.com homesweethomesbook.com guys we'll see you next week thanks for joining us right here on the housing hour